hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, in the midst of everything that is happening around us, that last song gives us a, an idea, gives us a direction for us to face our lives, and that is to fully abide in you. And Lord, today on this Book of Golden Memories Sunday, as we, we honor the saints who have passed this past year, we know that each one of them ab- abide, abided in you. So Lord, we ask that as we move through this time together, that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight and give us your comfort and peace this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, today is a a day of celebration. And some people, it may not feel like a day of celebration to them because there's this loss that, that, that we hold dear to us of loved ones who have gone. Some fought a long race and, and did so many things, some's life were just cut short. But each time we, we think of these loved ones and we remember these loved ones, our loss becomes more poignant. It becomes more, more uh, entrenched in who we are, and we wonder how it is that we can move forward. And the quick answer for that is that we move forward because of the love and grace that we receive in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that love and grace gives us a sense of hope a hope in his power, a hope in resurrection, a hope that one day we will see our loved ones once again. And we will glory in that moment when we are together with those that we love along the side of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The scripture that I chose for this All Saints Sunday is a scripture written by Paul in his second letter to the Corinthians. Chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. I invite you to open up your Bibles to follow along, or we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow this morning. Paul writes, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are washing away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
You know, I think we need to be honest. Discouragement is something that, that is rampant in the world around us right now. And I think discouragement is something that we have all had to face in our lives at one time or another. And the fact of the matter is, there may be some of us who are feeling or de dealing with discouragement today. There are many different ways that, that discouragement can, can quickly seep into our lives. One of the ways is by being tired. By, by being worn out or physically or emotionally exhausted. When you're a prime candidate of being tired, it can, it can definitely infect you of being discouraged. Your, your defenses get lower, and it seems like things are, are bleaker and darker than they really are. Another way that we build up discouragement in our lives is when things don't go our way. When, when, when trivial matters or the unexpected interrupts us and then prevents us from accomplishing what we really needed to do. And, and that, that discouragement, that frustration just continues to build and build and produce more and more discouragement. Perceived failures is another way that we handle or deal with discouragement. You know, when we have those best laid plans that, that we really want to make happen or, or something to, to move forward in our lives and it just falls through. When no one shows up, you start to live in self-pity. You start to blame others. And just as one person said, just what I think I can make things meet, somebody moves the ends. That's discouraging. That, that, that is hard to live by. But I think the thing that rules most about discouragement is the word fear. And I think fear is the thing that lies behind most discouragement, and I think it's something that we don't want to admit that happens. The fear of being criticized. What will they think of me? What, what will they think if I move this way or that way? The fear of responsibility. That's just way too, more, too much that I could handle. And then the fear of failure. Man, what if I actually blow it? What if I don't live up to what others expect me to do? All of these things can cause a, a major onset of, of, of the blues. All of these things can, can build up that discouragement to where we go, I just don't know exactly what to do next. But the good news, my friends, is that we are not the only ones who have had to deal with discouragement. If we look all throughout scriptures, we can see signs of people who are discouraged. And one is the author of the text that we have for our message this morning. You want somebody who was discouraged, it was the Apostle Paul. Even before his name was Paul, he was someone who dealt with a lot of discouragement. Paul was an upstanding Jew. And it frustrated him knowing that there was a, a group of people out there that were worshiping something that wasn't Judaism. It wasn't worshiping his true God. They were following this guy by the name of Jesus. 
And, and that discouragement caused him to do something so outrageous by going out and trying to round up every single follower of the way that he could to bring them back to Jerusalem so that they could get what belonged to them. And the discouragement that, that Paul dealt with drove him all the way to a city called Damascus. And it was while he was on his way to Damascus that his eyes were not opened up, but his eyes were closed. And he lost all of his sight. And while he lost that sight, he heard this voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he realized that he was talking to Jesus. Can you imagine another sense of discouragement coming along? Thinking that he was doing the exact right thing and that he was following what he needed to do, but to have the Lord of the universe to come and say, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then not being able to see. But another disciple by the name of Ananias comes and brings Saul to his house and teaches him. And, and, and Saul recovers his sight. And then he goes on to become one of the super apostles, if you will, planting churches all over the place. And man, that would be just the most perfect place to end Saul's story. There's this, this story of triumph that Jesus came and he now has sight and he is now preaching the gospel to the known world at the time, starting over 14 churches. But if you've read more in the book of Acts, you can see that that wasn't the end of Paul's discouragement. You can see that, that while Paul knew that he was called to be a, a minister of the gospel, sharing the good news, starting new churches after this whole road to Damascus experience, you can see that he had all of these trials and difficulties in his life. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was bit by a snake. He was thrown in jail over and over again. All of these things happened. I tell you, if you don't know what it is to live in a world of discouragement, have that happen to you. Have people want absolutely nothing to do with you and want to kill you. But he kept his encouragement. As he said in our passage today, therefore we do not lose heart. And this comes from a man who, a few verses before, gives us these words in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. See, Paul knew discouragement. And I think some of us here in this room, we can also understand what kind of discouragement Paul experienced. But, as I said, there is good news. And that good news is that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, do not need to live in that discouragement. 
See, Paul is reminding us that throughout all of our lives, we are going to have momentary troubles. And the one thing to help us through these momentary troubles is that we are to first, first and foremost, make sure that we fix our eyes on Jesus. It is so easy to try to find the solutions to, to what is harming or, or what is hurting our hearts and our souls by, by trying to find answers outside in the world when the fact of the matter is the only thing that we need to do is to turn our eyes on Jesus, to allow him to renew us day by day, to allow the momentary troubles that we have to be lifted into him as he would say in Matthew, to come to me, all who are weary and who are worn down, and I will give you rest. When we take that opportunity to allow Jesus to give us rest, then we can keep what is near and dear to us, we can keep that, that encouragement that Jesus gives us and it helps us to reorganize the purposes that Jesus has for our lives. See, that's what happened to Paul on his way to Damascus. See, see Paul was a devout follower of, of, of God, but he wasn't a devout follower of Jesus. And, and when he was on his way to Damascus, he had a reorientation of his life. He had a way of, a different way of seeing things. And that different way led him to, to move forward in a new way. To proclaim Christ as his Lord and Savior. Let's also remember that as Paul did that, and as we talked about, he was discouraged all the way with all of the different punishments, the shipwrecks, and everything that he dealt with. But when you fix your eyes on Christ, you don't let that get us down. We don't, we don't allow that to, to dig inside of us. We don't allow that to define who we are, but it, we define ourselves and the identity of being Christ beloved. There was a recent story that I saw online about one of my favorite actors of, of this time uh, by the name of Chris Pratt. You may be familiar with him. Uh, one of his most recent movies is the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, among other movies that he's been in. And, and the story goes that Chris Pratt you know, was divorced a while ago, and then he got remarried, and his, his now wife gave birth to a, a beautiful baby girl. And he went to Instagram, which you would do when something good happens to you like that, and you talk about how beautiful this new daughter is. But then the internet trolls got a hold of that post and just started hammering on him and said, well, you already have a son, and you must not like your son as much because he had medical problems whenever he was little, unlike this perfect, beautiful little girl that you have now. And Chris Pratt admitted, man, that really got me down. That really discouraged me that, that I didn't want to do anything. That anybody would think that the son who had medical issues, that I didn't think anything special about him anymore because I had this beautiful daughter. It's so untrue. And he said, I, I just wanted just to curl up in a ball and not do anything. 
but he realized that's not what he needed to do. He said, I, I put on my headphones and I started to crank up the, the Christian music that I like to work out with and run with, and I went for a jog. And after a while, I felt encouraged again. I felt encouraged because I wasn't going to let what some random uh, anonymous person online would have to say to me. And I was going to live in the truth that God gave me another beautiful gift along with my son. That I live in the truth that, that God gave me a way to share his love and grace with two beautiful children now. And I can be a strong example of the love and grace of Jesus Christ for them. So it's so easy, especially in the light of loss, to allow discouragement to get us down. But, But the one thing that I know about the people that we are honoring today They had hard lives, too. They went through rough times. But they never, never let discouragement get them down. The best way that they were able to do that, I think, was not by trying to be inwardly themselves and make themselves better, but it was to allow the opportunity to become encouragers themselves. All the families that were here honored today, their loved ones were encouragers. That just makes me smile when I think about that. How they encourage each one of you, how, how they encouraged me. Over the past couple of months, in between uh, the season of Pentecost and Advent, I'm doing an uh, online devotional, kind of like the, daily, uh, the Upper Room or Jesus Calling, but it's through a, a seedbed daily text written by a, a pastor by the name of J.D. Walt. And he is moving through a series right now that is called Encouraging One Another. And over the past week, as I was thinking about this book of Golden Memories Sunday, I was thinking about the people that we are honoring today, I realized, man, they did an amazing job of encouraging us. They live this text that we find in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, that says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. Could you imagine how much easier life would be if if we spent our time trying to encourage one another and not trying to discourage one another? I'm trying to make sure that, that we got all that we wanted or, or that we got our way over somebody else's way. Those, that, those, those we were honoring today, they were full of encouragement. You know, and as I heard those names being read and as I see the families here, I can point out places where your loved ones encouraged me right here in this sanctuary. So my friends, loss is hard. Loss is difficult. 
But the one thing I want to do as, as their pastor, as your pastor, is to continue to honor them by continuing to encourage each and every one of you with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So that's why we have this table. As, as we come to, to share in the breaking of the bread and of the pouring of the cup, as we remember one of Christ's most active ways that, that he continues to encourage us is as we gather at the table. As we share in this meal that has been shared by our loved ones. That has been shared by generations gone by. And praise be to God that it'll be a meal that'll be shared when we're all gone. Because it gives us the opportunity to be encouraged by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, who washes away our sins, who makes us whole, who gives us the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ in a discouraged world, to bring light and grace and peace to it. So my hope and prayer to the families of loved ones that we honor today, for those who knew these loved ones, for those who continue to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, that we don't live lives of discouragement, that we learn to encourage one another daily while it is still called today so that we keep each other from the grasp of sin that tries to pull us down. Let us pray. Oh God, as we come to this table, as we come to this table and as we remember the great love that you have for us, allow this meal to encourage us so that we can then share God's love and grace with the community around us, that we can live the legacy that our families have given to us, so that we can encourage, just like you encourage us daily in our walk with you. And so, Lord, we pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.